1: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 315 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey Sarah.
0: Hey Megan, how are you? I'm
1: great. Okay, it's been a really long time since we've done this, but what is the weather like where you are right now?
0: Oh, we used to talk about the weather all the time when we started. And then people told us
1: to knock it off.
0: They were like (laughs) maybe a little less, like we'll just get to the topic. Um, well, you visited me a couple of weeks ago. And so you know that if you uh, are in coastal California in May and June, it's often cooler and grayer than you think. So right now, it's probably sixty two and like kind of cool, kind of overcasty, and then the sun will break through later. How about you?
1: Okay, so right now it is sixty three and sunny um in Southwest Michigan, where I am, and it has been hot this week. And so the reason I bring up the reason I bring up weather isn't just idle curiosity. Um, or to have something to talk about because I didn't plan well or something. <laughs> um, but because I want to point out that right now things are really rapidly changing in Michigan. We are very close to the end of our school year, and this is the time of year everybody seems to be wanting to get out and do stuff. Um, yeah, and I think that kind of led us to this topic, which is really about it's about chores, it's about responsibilities. It's about life skills. It's about recognizing where your kids are and how able they are to do certain things. And sometimes, um, this time of year, I find that I really notice, like, I really notice that stuff, especially because the kids are more motivated. They want to get out. And with that freedom comes responsibility. And also means I have to reevaluate, like, actually, are they old enough to do this thing? Right. They like, you know, they seems like just yesterday they were, you know, X, Y, Z age. And now they're that plus a year. So that's kind of where I'm finding myself, um, with my kids as this weather is getting really good. And it just seemed like a great time to talk about how we reset all those things heading into the summer.
0: So this is so fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, um, this time last year, so 2020 end of school, looked very different from a pandemic perspective. Um, and so it's very possible that moms, depending on where you live and what the landscape looks like right now, that it's almost like you're having a two-year realization. And And we'll get into later a couple areas where my newly 13-year-old, where i'm like oh she's 2 years she missed a whole year. Ahead. Yes. She missed a whole year in some um like independent skills, some life skills, yeah. some being able to step up and help around the house. Less so around the house obviously because i i actually doubled down on house responsibilities during covid, but certainly in what she's able to safely do independently out in the world. So first of all, it's almost like a 2 year gap um in terms of this aha that we have about like, Oh, our kids are ready for more responsibility, freedom, fill in the blank. Um, But the other thing of course, is that like everything else, um, we're speaking from areas of the country that are uh, getting out in the world a bit more. And we know not everybody's there. So I guess that's just worth, it's worth mentioning that um, my, in my area, my children are able to do more this summer than they outside in the world than they have for two years. But we know that may not be the case for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And eventually it will be the case um, for all of us, we hope. And so when we all get there, I think that there's just going to be a lot of this grappling and going, man, like, where are we even? My yeah. kid's like a whole lot taller than they were. What does that mean? Yeah. It's just, there has been a, a little, a, a sense of suspended animation for a while. yeah. And so this is a great time, not only because it's summer, but because it's like the summer things kind of started to break loose. And yes. um, so, yeah, so we're going to talk a lot about chores and responsibilities but also just freedoms and independence and all those things that kind of that kind of align with like growing kids and summer and it's that very summery feeling and I can't wait.
0: I can't wait either. I love actually that we pair those two things together. The one is like, okay, what are your kids ready to step up and contribute to around the house a little bit more? And what freedoms are they ready to enjoy? And it feels natural just to pair it that way. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we're doing it that way. It seems to make sense in my brain, at least.
1: Well, Sarah, before we get to that, I think that we should announce something very,
0: very exciting. I do, too. We are hiring everyone. We are growing our team.
1: And I think this is the first time we have done like a, a call for new talent. Like we've hired before. We have a, a little team. But those have been people that we were recommended to us when we had a specific need, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is the first time we've like created an application for jobs. This is really exciting.
0: It's very exciting. So um, if you just go to themomhour.com slash hiring or click the link in our show notes, you can read all about it. But we're hiring for a few different opportunities and we're really excited. So if you're listening to this on the day it drops, June 1st, you're going to want to get on this. Um, We have a bit of a quick turnaround, but we are giving everyone until June 8th at midnight. So a week from today, if you're listening right when it drops, Um, And then we will spend the rest of the month of June kind of looking at those applications and having some interviews and making some decisions behind the scenes. So, again, you're going to want to head to themomhour.com slash hiring and get that application in for any of the positions we're hiring for by June 8th. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code momour at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: Okay, Megan. So we kind of started to touch on this before, but let's dive into this, the dynamic of being a household manager at the end of the school year, which I feel like is rough. It's rough around the edges. Um, if you are a parent of school-aged kids, this crawling toward the finish line is a real thing. If there's a reason there's so many funny memes and videos about May. Um, So I guess I wanted to ask you, you've been a school mom for, I don't know, 10,000 years or something. Are there any, (laughs) are there any like familiar rhythms or feelings that you experience each year as your kids wrap up school? And I'm talking specifically really as a a head of household, as you think about home management.
1: Well, I mean, we do get very lazy as we coast, you know, toward the last day of school. I actually get a big burst of energy myself around things like getting the patio and the yard cleaned up and like, um, I'm outside more. I I think that it gives me a burst of energy, but then like everything, the wheels fall off the bus a little bit when it comes to like school itself, um, staying on top of the paperwork, all that kind of stuff. So there's kind of like a little dichotomy going on, but I also find it, as I mentioned, to be a really interesting, almost forced reference point. So I'll suddenly be like, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the school year. Wow. What do they look like last end of school year or the beginning of this school year? And I'll think, man, this kid is like four inches taller than they were or get out the summer clothes and nothing fits. Or I glance at the kid standing in the doorframe and realize like last year on their last day of school, they didn't stand in the same place in the doorframe. And I think that the things that have been happening suddenly or gradually over the year suddenly kind of come into clearer view. And then when it comes to chores, I I find myself going, wait a second, I haven't been introducing (laughs) this new thing because we've just been in this rhythm. And by like, you know, by January, the rhythm is set and it works. Like, who does this chore? Who does that chore? It's all just kind of happening. And I don't really think about it again until like you know, June, like May, June. Yeah. And then I'm suddenly like, Oh wait, um, this kid could definitely take on some more stuff or that kid who was like kind of a baby last year. They're not really a baby anymore. And I, I find myself really reevaluating what they're mature enough to handle, what they're ready to handle, or frankly, what I want them to handle. So there's a lot happening mentally at this
0: time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I get a big jolt of, uh, I'm going to say like scheduling and organizing energy this time of year actually very similar to January energy or back to school energy in the fall. It's almost like, I mean, you're right. Like life is still busy. There are still school things and forms and the wheels are falling off the bus there. It's almost like I want to look past all that. Like I'm over it. I'm over the May school <laughs> like exit and I'm already very motivated to think of like what is our summer schedule going to be? You know, I'm tired of lunch packing and carpool driving, so I'm like fantasizing about like okay, what do I want the mornings to look like this summer? Like, how am I going to get my work done? You know, I I have three kids who aren't in full-time childcare during the summer. So it's a cobbled together, like I have to figure out a way to do my work. So I often get really like, I don't know, nerdy about that. Like, okay, what's what's the rhythm of our days going to be? And it's very energizing to me. I I go into summer with high hopes and aspirations. And you're right, kids change so much in a year that it just it's a natural time to kind of reevaluate all those things, everything from like chores, like you said, but also things like screen time rules or opportunities for independence, everything. Totally agree. Okay, so we're going to get like really into summer chores and summer independence in a minute, but I think it's helpful. We have a lot of new listeners. So would you just describe your style as a household manager with your kids and chores and responsibilities just in general? And, and now I'm actually talking about more throughout the school year so that we can yeah. get kind of a point of comparison.
1: Yeah, so um I've mentioned I I think on the podcast a few times that I see myself as kind of a Mrs. Hughes from Downton Abbey where I'm not really micromanaging like I see myself as really a household manager at a high level. I'm up there I know what needs to be done um and I have a general idea of who I want to do it and I'm kind of like barking out orders and things like that. Um, but I think that that has emerged and evolved over the years. And so one place I wound up is that everybody in my household has a small number of must-do things that do not rotate between kids. So Mm -hmm. I used to try to have rotating chores. Like, you know, one day this kid would do the dishes and one day the next kid would do the dishes. And I found for my own sanity, that just did not work because then I was constantly having to check the calendar to see whose day it was. And it just, it didn't work. I have too many kids, um, honestly. And like, they would find, like too many personalities where they would find ways (laughs) to like- put it off or say, "Oh, but you know, yesterday we traded, so yeah. actually today's not my day anymore because yesterday I did it." And I'm like, "I don't want to, I don't care to know about that." So, yeah. the way it works now is everyone has their things. So, like for example, dog poop cleanup, it's always Owen. Um, cat litter box is always Clara. Um, unloading the dishwasher, always Clara. Loading the dishwasher, always Owen. Hand washing pots and pans depends if I'm feeling nice. Sometimes it's me, sometimes I put that <laughs> back on Owen um, trash going to the out and then down to the curb as well. So the, that's like just the stuff that has to happen pretty much daily. And then there's like the do when asked stuff. Yeah. And that's when I'm just kind of bustling around going that I need that done. I need this done. I need blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of how it works in a general way. But Sarah, you know, that just because there's a general way things work doesn't mean that like day to day, that's always how it looks.
0: Yeah. And you've said before that both being a divorced household and a household with teenagers who are gone a lot has thrown a wrench in that sometimes for you, because there may be a kid who's always lurking around and like always available for you to give an assignment to. And then there's one who's literally never home. So like, how do you, how do you make sure that kid gets their fair share or that you're communicating? So I can see how it would totally evolve. Um, yeah, I mean, with the stuff that everybody does, the pitch in stuff, I would say I'm similar. And and just if you have little kids and you're listening, it has gotten so much better over the last several years, just of like the ability for me to walk into a room, see something and ask somebody to do it. And they don't have a meltdown or they don't right. say like, why me? I didn't make that mess. Like in general, I just have a lot more willing helpers and capable helpers, which is exciting. Um, So as a family, we all kind of pitch in, like you said. We do have some um, assigned things and some things that are assigned kind of by age and ability, and that's kind of what we're getting into today. Is like knowing when to level <laughs> level up. And this year we have started having some rotating things, and what's been great is they are rotating things that take take it directly off of Brian and me. So we're still in the phase where we're like, oh my gosh, we don't ever have to drag bins out to the curb. They're all um, they're all capable of it, and that's right. relatively new. So it's kind of awesome. Um, the Having three kids means that rotations, like you said, are hard. Keeping track of a rotation is sometimes hard. Right now we have a thing where uh, Thursdays is when the bins go out, and it's also when dog poop has to get picked up if it hasn't been a couple other times because the landscapers come on Fridays and the trash pickup comes on Fridays. So whoever's turn it is to pick up poop, the other two take the bins out. And it seems simple because all you have to remember is whose turn it is to pick up poop somehow there's always like like you said there's some kind of calculus and some kind of discussion around it. So um I and we'll get in a little bit later. I do have some tools that I use to stay kind of on top of those rotating chores, but I would say I'm probably similar to you with, you know, some predictable serenus structure added in there.
1: Well, and I will also say that when my kids were younger, I felt more um what's the word I'm looking for? I felt more particular about making sure they all did all the things. And mm-hmm. at some point, I think what I really wanted was to know that they all knew how to do all the things. Yeah. But that those didn't all have to be their job every week. So if like, if it was creating a lot more work for me to make sure, you know, everybody had a, their chance at one animal's poop, um, <laughs> it's as long as they know how to do it and they don't yeah. get to adulthood, never having like, cleaned up after an animal, never having taken the trash. And there's always going to be opportunities to do all those things in any family because sometimes that's just how it's going to work out. Like there's always going to be sometimes when some kids aren't home and like how many times does it really take to learn how to scoop poop? It's, yeah. it's not something that takes a lot of skill. I think it's like what I finally decided was that the willingness to do it, the ability to learn how to do it and then making sure it all gets done were like the three things that mattered. Not necessarily spreading the chores completely evenly. And some kid might say, well, you know, scooping dog poop is a worse job than cleaning the cat litter box or this, you know, unloading is worse than loading or whatever. And to that, I
0: say too bad. So sad. Yeah. Too bad. So sad. (laughs) Too bad. So sad. I am the mom in charge.
1: I was also going to say like all kids forget that all like that all. So the youngest will always feel like they don't get as many freedoms and the oldest will always feel like they have too many responsibilities. Well, what they don't realize is they're going to, they're all going to grow through those phases. Yes. So at one point they're going to be the kid with all freedom and no responsibility. And at one point they're going to be the kid, you know, like they all have, they all get to do it all.
0: Why is that so hard to understand? <laughs> I, Cause they're children. They are children. <laughs> Violet will be like, why does she get to do this? I'm like, she's 13 and you're right. eight. I assure you that when she was eight. She didn't get to do this stuff. (laughs) Right. It's it's, it's simple. You guys are not on even playing fields. I know. Um, That reminded me of a tip I read. I think it was in KJ Delantonia's book, and I think she got it from someone else. And she has four kids. It was definitely in the context of large family chores. And she suggested assigning chores instead of a weekly rotation, um, like a yearly or maybe a quarterly or a six month rotation, Mm. because they learn. They learn to really do that chore and it's truly theirs. And then also mom doesn't have to remember whose turn it is. So like right. unloading a dishwasher, you do that when you're 10 and you do it the entire year. And then another 10 year old will come up through the ranks or the next kid will come up through the ranks. So I liked that yeah. a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about summer a little bit. Um, And I thought we could just kind of mention um the things that make summer different or maybe make it a good opportunity to. Level up these capabilities, and and even um, why we feel motivated or the kids feel motivated to step up their independence and their contributions. So for a lot of families, I think just the fact that we shift routines in the summer opens up these opportunities. And and it might not be you; you might have year-round school, or your kids might be going right into a full-time camp. But for a lot of people, if you're changing, you know, how much homework there is at night, what time you get up in the morning, what like how the meals look. Um, What kind of leisure activities, like how much time people are uh, spending outside and swimming, which then maybe changes like how and when they shower. Like it's kind of this like flywheel effect of Mm. routine change that I think is just a really good opportunity to start fresh with new chores, new responsibilities, maybe new freedoms, like new bedtimes or new screen time. Like you might be giving more freedom even as you're expecting more responsibility. So just the routine shift, I think can be a really natural uh, chance to experiment with some of these things. Um, I have also found as my kids have gotten older that they want to do more fun stuff in the summer. Like Mm -hmm. they want to have a sleepover and maybe we haven't done that before. They want more video game time. So that's also a cue for me to be like, Oh, okay. Well, That kid is ready for that. I wonder, are they also ready for some more responsibility? Or if it's not more responsibility, maybe it's some conversations around safety. Like maybe you're ready for your kid to have a sleepover, but like, oops, you haven't had um, some of those important safety conversations about like internet and pornography and like whatever else you feel like is important for those kids to go in equipped if they're going to be spending more time away from home. So I see those things as kind of intertwined. And then just a final Thought you might have more headspace in the summer to be more active in the mentoring, the tutoring, the teaching of Mm. these skills. Like, um, I think for a lot of us, it's not like we're just like, okay, here's how to unload the dishwasher. Like now it's your job. Like you have taught me this over the years, Megan, like it is a painful and slow and, um, humbling, (laughs) never ending process, never ending process. And it's very, it's okay. And natural If as a busy working mom, or maybe you had a baby this year, or it was COVID, you haven't had any time or headspace to teach your kids new life skills. So of course they haven't leveled up in their independence and their chores. And that's okay. You don't need to beat yourself up for that. But maybe summer is just a more relaxed schedule in your house. And then you can think of it as like, okay, I'm not going to assign like 20 new chores per kid, but I am going to focus this summer maybe on the teaching and mentoring aspect. So I I think there's a bunch of ways to come at this and it doesn't have to look like a fancy chore chart it just can look at like a um being aware of these opportunities
1: um those are all really good points and as you were talking this just popped into my head I am pretty sure that at least three of my kids learned finally learned after like a long painstaking year to tie their shoes in the summer and here's what I think was happening (laughs) I think in the mornings before school they were in such a rush that they were doing that thing where they kind of like loosen their shoe the ties Mm -hmm. that they don't untie them And they just learned to like shove their feet in or I would get impatient and tie them for them because they had to catch the bus or get out the door. And I suspect some of their teachers were tying their shoes for them or someone at school Mm. was because they would come home and like on the weekends, it was like they had no idea how to tie their shoes. And then in the summer, they would finally figure it out because I didn't, you know, they were out playing. They weren't going to come in every time their, their shoes became untied and it became a pain point for them. Yeah. So then and there was no one else to do it. So they figured it out. And I know for a fact that at least two, maybe three of my kids really didn't get it down until they had that time, like the open time. That's how you know, that's why kids it's not necessarily the weather that makes it why kids tend to learn to uh, ride their bikes in the summer. It's because there's other kids riding their bikes and they want Mm -hmm. to and they they have time to like, you know. Uh, dump in the front yard a bunch of times before they figure it out, and whether even whether mom and dad are there to help them every time, there's just more time and um, yeah. more more freedom typically, and and not always. I know that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, sometimes it is kind of a mixed bag. Like like you have the time, but you almost have too much time, and then that kind mm-hmm. of inertia or like I'll get to it later sets in. And so without that, when we're talking about chores specifically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: without that set routine of like this is the thing you do as soon as you get home from school, sometimes it does feel like things get really loose and then I have to kind of get back on top of them. Um, but then there's other things like there's more time for some big projects, like cleaning out the garage as a family or something like, um, all of my, all of my kids, except at this point, Clara, um, who's 12 and probably isn't there yet, but I'll talk more about the baby of the family and how, how that (laughs) can be its own thing a little bit later. But You know, at some point we live, we've never lived more than half a mile from the bike shop in town where we have like an account, right? And, um, you know, the kids will end up needing to have their bike looked at their handlebars are screwed up or their tires are flat or whatever. And at some point it's like, you look at them and go, you know what you're going to do? You're going to walk that bike to the bike shop (laughs) and they're going to take care of it for you. And I'll call in the credit card, you know, they'll pump the tires for free. But if it's something that like needs, needs money, I'll mom will call in. Um, the credit card over the phone. And I've always loved that moment because it's like, oh my gosh, they have their own transportation and they have their own ability to take their transportation to the mechanic. Like, it's like, that's a huge moment. And during the school year, it wouldn't occur to me to do that because who has the time? Like they don't get home until after three o'clock and then we've got dinner and then they've got homework and then they have to go to bed. There's not really time for them to go sit at the bike shop for two hours. Yeah, But in the summer there is. So I do think that there's, yeah. If, even if I don't have the time, as kids get older, they definitely have the time. So right. as you know, the more independent they get, the more you can rely on their freedom and their like lax schedule, loose schedule to just kind of like, I don't know, carry some of that as well. Yeah.
0: And it's almost like their desire for freedom or you, when you talk about shoe tying, it's that the internal motivation, the intrinsic motivation to solve a problem that right. they have. Um, that translates to so many things when our kids want to be more independent, they want to go do this and that with their friends. And I, like I said, I think that can be like a light bulb moment for parents to be like, Oh, you can go do those things. And here are the life skills and responsibilities that go with it. Um, right. when they go to the bike shop, they're learning how to like do a transaction. We've talked about that so many times in our episodes about like, independence and safety and you know free range kids and all of that is like being able to walk up to a counter and say hello and yeah. you know conduct business is such a great life skill
1: and ask for what you need i mean that's like right. a
0: huge life skill yeah
1: right we are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today and sarah i will be honest i was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh but you know what's good to go my shoes To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: All right, Megan. So as you look around your current reality, your house at the end of May, it's actually June 1st as people are listening to this. Um where are you seeing opportunities for your kids to step it up as you head into summer? And also for brand new listeners, maybe just briefly say how old your kids are cuz that's relevant yeah. here.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, uh Will is 17, Owen is 15 and Clara is 12. So um Owen is mowing the lawn and this is the first time one of my own kids is in charge of lawn care. And and here's where I need to like give a nod to how hard it can be to put your kids in charge of something you personally don't feel qualified in Mm. or qualified to teach them how to do. Um, I mean, I have five kids and it feels ridiculous, two of whom are adults. And it feels kind of ridiculous to say that I have not really ever had any of my own children in charge of lawn care, but it just so happens that I grew up never mowing the lawn. I feel like maybe once or twice, when I was a really, I was the baby of the family and, um, we had like a push mower, like, and I don't mean like a gas push mower. I mean like an old fashioned one where it's just yeah. a wheel with a blade yeah. and like a postage stamp sized yard when I was growing up. And I do remember pushing that a couple of times and whatever. I mean, that's not mowing the lawn the way now I think of it with, where there's gasoline involved mm-hmm. and like motors that go, ga, 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 and like, it's just a little different. Right. And so it feels kind of silly and like almost embarrassing to admit how many years it went by. But then I also haven't lived in houses with very big yards and it's just worked out. Like when I was married, um, either John took care of it or we hired it out. And Mm -hmm. then it just was never something I became comfortable with. And now, and I did, and I didn't even want to buy a mower and I didn't want to put gas in the mower. I just didn't Mm -hmm. want to do any of that. I had nephews friends, kids who would come over and they'd be happy to do it for 10 or 15 bucks. But then we moved into this house last year. That's got a huge yard and it just felt stupid to be paying my nephew to come mow my lawn. And I have all these kids in the house and right, you I have sons who are the
0: same age, I have sons as the who are the same
1: age. And I'm like, okay, this is dumb. So, and Owen wants to make money and he's not quite old enough for a real job. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to have you mow the lawn. He's like, okay, cool. What do I do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> So he and I kind of had to learn together. Like we had to go to the gas station and learn how to fill the gas can. I've ne- I had never done that. I sprayed it all over the place. Um, right. We had to figure out how to the cast the gas in the, it's not a big deal. We had to figure out how to get it started. N- None of this is like rocket science. And it only took me like three minutes to go, okay, I've seen people do this on TV enough times. Like I know how this works, <laughs> right. But it's still intimidating, especially when yeah. you get well into adulthood, never having done something to then not only learn how to do it, but teach someone to do it. Um so we kind of learned together and that was actually kind of cool. So he's now doing the yard and I'm paying him. Um and it's so nice to just be like dude just hey the lawn needs to be mowed go do it. Not have yeah. to call someone, wait for someone to show up. Um him doing the lawn care means it's only fair for Clara to take up to take over more of his old stuff. Unfortunately, that means more poop in her life. And that doesn't <laughs> really seem fair. Like if she's handling the cat poop and the dog poop, I don't know. It's, it's all one category. Maybe she'll, it's, it's definitely all in her age range and wheelhouse. So maybe I'll just figure out a way to pay her for it. Um, so that's like pending. I'm just figuring that out. Will did a fantastic job last year taking care of the pool. I anticipate that will be his job again. Um, I am starting to think about like, you know, the difference between the things I don't pay for, like, I'm not ever going to pay the kids for the day-to-day stuff that like clearing the table or loading the dishwasher. Like that's just part of being alive. Yeah. But even if I didn't have people in the house eating food and then cleaning up after themselves, I would still need the yard to be taken care of. I'd still need the pool to get taken care of. Like those things have to happen. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have children to do it, I'd be paying someone else to do it. So I am thinking a little bit differently about that this year. And that's also just kind of emerging. Um, And then the last thing is that like typical baby of the family, I sometimes forget Claire's 12. And she's capable of a lot that have just never made it down to her. Like the boys got them first. And then they stuck with them and there's not that much to be done. It's not like we've, you know, for as many people as there are in our house, there aren't that many categories of jobs to like dole out. So, you know, the method I mentioned earlier about just giving someone a job and letting them stick with it, the the, kind of the downside to that is that then I have to be really intentional about making sure Clara, um, gets a chance to try that stuff and and to get comfortable with it. I will say she's much more comfortable navigating the neighborhood alone than she used to be. And our dog Moxie is older um, and wouldn't drag her down the street like she would have before. So I'm going to make dog walking, I think her paid job and kind of like pet care is her general category. But I think I'm going to start paying her for that stuff because it just feels fair. No one wants to be the one to handle all the poop.
0: No, unless they get paid. I get it. I totally get it. And I think you have told me this before, but like, Sometimes I think we're scared into thinking like you can't let your kids graduate from high school without knowing how to do their laundry. And, you know, there's other kind of cliche things. But I also will say, I don't think this happens evenly or linearly. And if I'm sure as adults, we look back and be like, oh, my gosh, I never learned how to do that thing. Right. Hey, I grew up knowing how to sew and babysit kids or, you know, like, yeah, it's not going to end up perfectly even. And you're raising kids you know, who understand what it means to contribute, who aren't afraid to learn a new skill. It's almost like you can have your you can have your line of sight on raising kids who understand why it's important to contribute, who contribute in some way meaningfully over time, and who know that they don't know everything and someday they're going to have to learn. If that kid goes to college and learns to do laundry in the dorms, like, they're going to live. It's going to be okay. So Well, and we put so... We, we kind of hand-wring a lot about that. Like, I can't believe there's this man who... You know,
1: when all the like became an adult and never learned how to do laundry, it's not really about learning how to do laundry. the the (laughs) The machine does most of the work, right? It's more about this person, this now grown man, never learned that that was something he had to do for himself. That that was something that wouldn't just got automatically done for him. It's not the skill. Who cares? Loading a dishwasher? I mean, kids are terrible at it, no matter how many lessons they've had. You can teach (laughs) a kid every single day how to load the dishwasher. They don't care, so they're gonna be awful at it, and then they're gonna like you know, be 25. And if they know that it matters to have a clean house and that their mom's not going to come take care of it for them, they're going to figure out how to do it right Right. because suddenly they're going to care or maybe they'll be 45 before they care. But you know what I mean?
0: I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, in our house, I first want to just celebrate a little because we have made huge strides in kids and chores over the last year, year and a half. I think the timing of COVID, the timing of our move, and the timing of my kids' ages all kind of converged to where you know, we had this new space with new anytime you move you like automatically have new routines and cleaning and all that. We weren't having the house professionally cleaned. The kids were getting older and they, and everybody was home more. So, we've just yeah. like come a long way and I think that's worth celebrating and acknowledging. And of course, there are more opportunities. So, one for me this summer is my kids weirdly uh, do very little in the dishes department. So they well, clear the table. We just discussed why that's probably best for you. but Right. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't mind doing dishes. I actually kind of like it. Um, they clear the table and set the table. They know how to get themselves food. They can even cook. Um, but they don't really load or unload the dishwasher or do any hand washing or putting away or drying. So I'm not sure what it'll look like, but I feel like this is an opportunity this summer. I don't know. Do you have any like... If you were starting over with dish doing training, do you have any tips for me? Um, buckle up, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, just uh, listen, when I got my kids to start doing the dishes it's because I really wanted someone besides me to do it. Not because I thought they were going to do a good job or that I'd ever be happy with the results. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the only yep. way to put it. So again, is it the skill that's important? I guess one thing I would say one thing that has been a frustration for me is like what my kids hear when I say the words, do the dishes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What they seem to hear is, you know, stand in one spot and any dish that's within arm's reach, grab that and stick it in the dishwasher and start it. And that is obviously not what I mean. What I mean is also wash the cutting board. That's too big to put in there and stop trying to put the cutting board in there. When I've told you a million times, it doesn't go (laughs) like that kind of thing. Right. So like, there's like the the ancillary tasks or like the the nuance of dishwashing that I think is the bigger thing that they just don't get because they don't want to do it. Yeah. And um, like if I had to choose, I'd keep just loading and unloading the dishwasher myself and have yeah. them just hand wash. Yeah. But it's almost okay. like giving them one task at a time makes it easier because if you say something like do the dishes, they will find all kinds of ways they didn't understand Right, what you
0: meant when you said that <laughs> those bright so, children of yours are suddenly right. so confused.
1: They don't know what's going on. Like, well, I mean, I still see dishes, and those dishes aren't done. So you didn't do the dishes, and there's always a reason. It's oh always That's a reason, so right? Funny. That's
0: so yeah. funny. Um, the other two, I thought of. I think I will be transitioning Allegra to taking care of her own laundry this summer. I think it's not. I actually, I like being in control of the laundry, which I know you do too. You've talked about that on yeah. the podcast but i think there will be some i think it will work well with some natural consequences and natural accountability with the phase she's in right now she has her clothes that she wants to wear um i give her quite a bit of freedom about her room i don't make her keep her room clean so things end up on the floor so i think it's an experiment like will turning her laundry over to her like produce the kind of like natural consequences I'm hoping for? Or will she just wear ugly, dirty clothes, which is possible? So I guess that one we will see. Um, I will definitely transition Reed to packing his own lunch. That was kind of an arbitrary rule I set when Allegra went into sixth grade. It was like, oh, in our family, when you're in sixth grade, you start packing your own lunch, which was totally arbitrary, but seemed like a good idea. And I think um, Reed's really, he's so um, proficient and like accurate and very correct. Once he learns how to do something, he will kick and scream and fight it. And, you know, he doesn't like acquiring new skills, but once he acquires them, he's actually quite dependable. So, and he, it likes the same lunch every day. So by the time he starts sixth grade in the fall, I'll be expecting him to pack his own lunch. And I'll probably do that this summer. You know, they'll do a few camps or we'll go on a picnic or something. And I'll just probably gradually be like, Hey, just a reminder, this is going to be all you. So why don't you pack you know, why don't you pack your lunch for this camp or whatever? So that's my plan. That's not, that's not a whole lot. And I think part, yeah. in part it's because my kids have actually stepped up quite a bit in the last year. So I think it, yeah, it I sounds think like most, you've
1: had a great system going.
0: Yeah. I mean, and yeah. I think a lot of it will be the 13 year old. Cause that's the yeah. one who has the most desire for independence right now. And so the commensurate responsibilities are already waiting for her, I, So
1: um, on the laundry front, I've I've real I've recognized that the kids of mine who care about their clothes naturally decide it's time to start doing their own laundry when they are no longer satisfied with the speed at which yes. I do their laundry. Yeah. So that's not to say I never end up doing a load of wheels. And I often end up holding his because they're still in the dryer mm-hmm. um, and I'm like trying to clear it out. You know what I mean? But like he really wanted to take over doing his own because he wanted control and I think he wasn't—he didn't think I was fast enough. Like I wasn't getting yeah. him the clothes he wanted when he wanted them. And I'm totally—I almost—I was almost like, "Hey, don't mess up my system, unless you're going to be really good. So don't yeah. jump into this doing laundry <laughs> thing, unless you're going to be like, get it in, move it over in the same day. You can't just let stuff linger in the washer." Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I don't know. It'll be an interesting experiment. And I just think that they're all a little bit different about how yeah. much they care and how much the the dirty stinky clothing even matters to them right like how motivated how motivated they are by actually not smelling like also matters or yeah you know are they the kid who thinks they can just keep pulling the same sweatshirt out of the wash again Mm -hmm. and again and with the way allegra dresses which is very close to the way clara dresses i think that it all kind of looks the same so i wonder sometimes if they like how particular are they i don't know i can't well
0: The funny thing about that, and if you're, if you need a visual, what are we talking about? Baggy, like, yes, very baggy, very
1: like oversized black, like dark tops for the most part. Mm -hmm. And like big legged jeans or joggers or whatever like sweats. Um, just everything looks the way, like I would have thought a skater boy in the nineties
0: would have dressed. Yeah. Beanies. Beanies. That's a great visual. The thing with Allegra is because this is a relatively new uh, caring about fashion, she's got about a third of her clothes look like that. And the other two thirds, they fit her and they're in good quality. And she didn't mind them like two months ago, but now she doesn't dress like that. So that's another thing. Right. They don't fit her style. So it's like, would she wear those if they were the only clean things or would she just do more laundry to, to wash her Billie Eilish clothes? I don't know.
1: And do you find yourself so. standing in her room going, what do you mean you don't have anything to wear? Yeah. Look at this stack of clothes. And she's looking at it like, mom, yeah. you're an idiot. Like, know. You know, I mean, I know. they just like, we don't know what's going on in their heads. And um, yeah, so I've, yeah. I've definitely been guilty of literally standing in my kid's bedroom going, <laughs> I don't understand what you mean when you say you don't have any clean pants. There's a whole stack of folded clean pants. I know because I folded them two months ago. Why haven't you worn them? Why do you keep pulling the ones off the top? of the oh aisle and wearing those. Oh, I won't. No I, I can't wait to hear how this goes.
0: Yes. I will report back. Okay. So let's talk about the tools and systems we will use to help manage these children stepping up and by t- the, as tools and systems sounds way more complicated than I mean. I mean, will you just be Mrs. Hughes and remind them? Do you have like a, is there a fridge clipboard? Is there a group text since your kids are older So what, how do you think that'll look this summer or feel free to go back to past times and and how you do this?
1: So there is a dry erase board on the side of the fridge. So like the way my kitchen is set up, the, there's like a pass through from the kitchen into the dining room. Um, and that's where, where the side of the fridge is. So it's not like no one would be looking at it for any reason, unless you happen to be walking through and there's a big flat, like one of those big flat whiteboards that like just magnets, Uh you know what I mean? They're not hard sided. Yeah. And that has literally every chore I have assigned to the kids that are their regular things. Every kid, all, all five of them, by the way, even the ones who aren't there all the time. And just like, this is what's expected of you if you're in the house. Right. I don't think they ever look at it. It's really for Mm -hmm. me. It's my reference to just check in and be like, are they doing the things they're supposed to do? Is there anything I need to remind them of today? And for the most part, they're also routine oriented now with the stuff they do. That it's fine. Like, there's not. Yeah. I don't have to do that much reminding. Sometimes I ask. Just really, you know, I'll just be like, "Hey guys, like, it's did someone do this thing or did someone not do that thing?" Um, there is a little bit of difficulty in a divorced household because the kids leave for yeah. their dads between two and four days a week, and it's different every week. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll forget. Like, oh shoot, it's Wednesday. If they don't get this done today. I mean, they'll probably stop by after school Thursday and Friday, but maybe not long enough to do the, to do the stuff. And like, maybe I won't be there to remind them. And so that does get tricky. Like I have to kind of always make sure if it's not an everyday thing, like that they get to it before they leave. And, um, and then sometimes is it that important? Is it even a thing that they have to do this week? Right. The other thing is all kids are a little bit different. And so some of my kids really want and need reminders like Clara, she needs reminders. Um, if, if I just gave her like a, Look, like I, if I just said, hey, look at the whiteboard every day and do everything on it. She gets really overwhelmed and she would not remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so she likes she actually appreciates the reminders. There are other kids of mine who have informed me that it's very insulting and annoying that I continue to remind them of things <laughs> that they already know. They're like, Mom, you already asked us. I already know it has to get done. So stop reminding me. And then mm-hmm. I have to think, wait, are they the kid who won't do it if right. I don't remind them? Or are they the kid who will do it? <laughs> have I ever even given them a chance? To do it or not, and like, right. how many chances am I willing to give as an experiment before I say nope? They need the reminder. Like, I want to give them an opportunity to just remember it and do it. Um, and I think they deserve that. But at the same time, I can't just like let something go for three days because I'm hoping they're going to remember, and I don't have. Yeah, to Yeah, and remind you don't them. want to
0: offend them. Yeah, right,
1: Exactly. And they're all, they're, <laughs> you know, they're teenagers. They're easily offended. So yeah. um, Will and Owen are both in those phases. Like, Mom, you know, I know. You gotta remind me. I'm like, okay, but sometimes I do because there's plenty of times like you just go to bed, you don't do it. So I do have to remind you. You're Like, well, not every time. Remember there was that one time I just did it? Like, yep, there was that one time. I remember that time. It was amazing. So um, we do have a group text, the kids and I, but I've noticed if I put anything chore related in there, they all ignore me. Like all of them. It's almost like they've made a pact that, because we talk about a lot of funny stuff in there and we share little memes and stuff. If I put anything in there, like, hey, guys, I'm running late. Can you guys make sure to, like, let the dog out? They might do it, but they'll never respond. And it's almost like they've all agreed. I I don't know. I don't think they've talked about it or anything. It's just, like, passive aggressive. They don't want to actually acknowledge that I've asked them in the text.
0: That does not um, qualify. That does not deserve a response.
1: Right. And I think they also want it to seem like they just did it of their own. Ah, free will, right? And that I didn't yeah. have to remind them. So there's a lot of psychology happening at the teenage level. Welcome,
0: yes, welcome. Thank you. That <laughs> reminds me that Violet. I mean, Violet's little, so she's eight. Um, but she will be fine with a reminder, but she will lose her mind if Brian and I separately ask her to do the same thing <gasps> within like a short period of time. Like, does like, like, hanging
1: up on her or something. Kind of, yeah. And she takes yeah. it very
0: personally. And I can see that because then it does feel like you're being nagged but it may just be that he didn't know, you know, like okay, Violet, you got to shower before you do anything else tonight. Like you need to shower today. And then okay, and then like Brian will walk in and be like, "Okay, who hasn't done their shower? Or like Violet, you need to shower." She be like, "I know." So it's just so funny like the the triggers around being reminded. I love hearing how it works with your older kids and especially cuz they are all independent and they have their own phones and you can it's just yeah. it's so different than I think a lot of our listeners and it's it's fun um getting a peek ahead. So well, in our family, we actually do family meetings once a week, which probably surprises no one. My kids are 8, 11, and 13, in case I didn't say that, or in case you're new. Actually, Reed is 11 today as this airs. Um, and so we started doing family meetings. We would do occasional family meetings a couple years ago, but probably during COVID, um, I made them weekly. And I did a little episode, like a deep dive on how we do them on Kid Literate, which is normally the podcast that Allegra and I co-host. And we usually talk about books and movies and podcasts for kids, but she was out of town. And so I totally did something a little bit different. And I just did a little peek into our family meetings. And it's very timely with uh, the start of summer too, because I talk about how things like screen time rules or bedtimes or routine changes kind of work into family meetings. So I won't say any more about that here, but I will link to that episode. And it's just literally 20 minutes of me talking about how we do family meetings. I also use Todoist, uh, which is an app for my own to-do list and task management. And then um, I have started looping in the family on that app. So um, Brian and I have a shared like project, and that means we can both see the things that to do on there. And you can also assign them to people. And we keep the kids rotating jobs and chores on that to-do list. And then the kids aren't on to-do list. I have started getting Allegra on there, but really it's mostly a way for me to not be the only one in the house who knows what the kids need to do. Cause that is a mental load and emotional labor that's been unpleasant for me because then I'm always the one to remind them and always the one to nag them. You're the nag. You become the nag. Yeah. And Brian actually loves, he loves the list and he loves the satisfaction of Getting something off of his list. So it has worked really well. So we share the kid jobs. And the beautiful thing about Todoist, which I could also do a deep dive on how I use that app someday. I know there's a portion of you who'd really love it. And everyone else is like, who cares, Sarah? Maybe that's um, an Instagram thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, But one of the things I love is so many of my Todoist tasks are recurring. So I'm not making a new to-do list each day. They're popping up because on Thursdays, A kid needs to pick up poop and two other kids need to take the bins out. And then like the final piece of the puzzle is it's on both Brian and my list. And we, one of us will write it on the whiteboard. So the final kind of tool is the big dry erase board, which we use pretty much daily. And, and the whiteboard would be some reminders of things that maybe they know they need to do that day. Or if there's anything new or different or special, we would write it on the whiteboard too. So that's the trifecta family meetings to do list for me and a little bit, Brian, and then the whiteboard for the kids.
1: Can I share something? Um, So in addition to the whiteboard that I have on the side of the fridge that has everyone's, you know, just kind of outstanding, like the overarching chores. I had a, I had another one in the dining room that I was using when they were doing virtual schooling. And I had this great idea that was going to be just like yours. Mm -hmm. where like literally when I came to visit you, it said, Megan's coming today. And then the next day it said, (laughs) Megan and Sarah are going to lunch. Like it was every day updated. I thought that's how I was going to use it. And it has said, happy 12th birthday, Clara for, well, Clara's birthday was March 13th. In March. (laughs) It's said that now for two and a half months. But hey, she probably feels super special every time she goes in the dining room. She does. It's her birthday every day. It's every day. And it's a bad place for it because I don't hang out in there looking at it. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the raw, like a whiteboard really has to be in the right spot. Yeah. Where everybody lays eyes on it when they're in do stuff mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that's, that was not the wrong spot for that. So.
0: Yeah. Anyway. And not every not every tool works for every family, as we as we've always said. So, right. That's true. Um, well, let's finish by talking about some of those life skills or freedoms and independent. I don't know, like milestones that we're hoping that some of our kids will get this summer. And I can go first on this. I'll be brief. Um, we are kind of struggling a little bit socially over here, especially the 13 and 11 year olds. And it's not surprising. It was a pandemic. We moved in the pandemic. Um but like I was saying at the very beginning of the show it's almost like we're emerging 2 years later with 2 years of lag in social independence. So I would love for them to be able to text their friends, make plans to ride bikes and meet up, um make plans to get d- dropped off downtown to go shopping. Like these are things I was doing at 11, 12, 13. Um and my kids are not and it's partly cuz all their friendships are new. They have made some friends, but they're newer friends. I don't know the parents as well. There's just like there's a whole like soup of reasons why I feel like it's a little it's been a little bit hard to nudge them into social independence and it has meant that I'm having to be more involved than I want and I'm I'm trying to just have a lot of empathy for all of us in that because I envisioned myself as a much more hands-off mom at this stage socially. I want them I want them out there taking safe risks. I want them like I want them doing things with friends out in the world and they're not yet. And so I don't, I think I'm just like, I'm just kind of sitting with that and knowing that there's a, there's a bunch of reasons, pandemic reasons, move reasons, uh, developmental reasons. Um, So I, I guess I just, I'm hopeful for that, but I know it's probably going to require more of me this summer and more of me like teaching. Like Allegra has said, she's like, I don't really know how to make plans. Like I don't know what to do when the person says like, I don't know how to say, like, do you want to come over and watch a movie? Like the pandemic has really stunted a lot of this. So yeah, that's a priority. I don't know what that looks like. Um, I want Allegra to take a babysitting class and she's very motivated to start babysitting. And this is another thing where she went into the pandemic as an 11 year old and she's coming out a 13 year old. And that's like she is ready to babysit and actually earn money and she'll be great at it. She's great with little kids. So I'm excited for her to have that experience. And just like you said, with the bike store, I think the experience of babysitting actually unlocks like 20 other life skills about, you know, advocating for yourself and being yes. a leader and Absolute. talking to other adults. De-
1: asking for money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. All that stuff. Dealing with situations that are a little outside of your control. Like when you're mm-hmm. babysitting the kid and they go wild. I remember I remember having those experiences at, at the age of like 12, 13, 14, where I'm yeah. like, this is not what I thought I signed up for. <laughs> what do I do? And that's a bit babysitting is huge it teaches a yeah. lot of skills
0: yeah. yeah so i'm i'm very excited that you can do babysitting classes at the red cross that are just some basic safety and and they i think they also teach you things about like asking for money and more of like not just the cpr safety so i'd really like her to do one of those i think she's ready even without doing one but i think that would be another good kind of thing to put on the list this summer um i would love to have my kids cook dinner one night a week this summer i have heard Lots of families say that they do this throughout the year or over the summer. My kids are definitely capable. I could see doing two of the three, like rotating pairs because three is a lot of cooks in the kitchen. One is a lot of work and each pair can work really well together. And I think would have a lot of fun. So I don't know, check up with me in a few months, friends, and see if I did that. But I think that would be actually really fun and also include some, you know, some life skills and some independence. My kids are pretty good in the kitchen, but also it would be a night off of dinner. I would really like that. Genuinely, I would eat whatever they made. So I love Um, that.
1: I'm really going to hold you accountable to that one, Sarah.
0: um, And then lastly, you mentioned like being able to do things as a family, like tackle the garage or something. I think um, we're just in those gravy years where we are able to do that. And I have visions of some gardening and planting projects. Brian's building his garden beds. Um, or other things that we might do around the house. I don't have specific plans, but I I do have hopes that there will be some Saturdays in the summer where it's like, just we're, we're working with our hands and our bodies together. You know, the kids see Brian and me working on our computers all the time. And so I, I would love for all of us to have some kind of, some kind of physical project to do together.
1: And I just want to say that last year when we did the pool, that I don't know that I've ever had such a feeling of like pride and satisfaction in my little unit. I remember because that. None of us had any idea how to open a pool for the season. None. Yeah. We were like figuring it out as we went. And it required us to all go out there and just put our brawn into it. And like logic skills, like how do we get all this water off the cover? Do we scoop it out with the bucket? Do we like it just took so much working together and it felt so good when we did it. And I was like, oh, I just felt like this major like Rocky moment where we're like jumping up and down with the music in the background. And, um, there's something about that. Like everyone pitching in to do something hard, physically hard, but also sometimes just something you're not familiar with. Yeah. Love it. How about you? Well, I talked about Clara, um, being the baby of the family, but not a baby anymore. I would like her to take a little more initiative and just to feel more confident in her abilities. Um, for a while, she was kind of a scaredy cat about stuff. She used to be afraid to walk like four doors to her friend's house. Now she doesn't blink an eye. She had some cash that she got from her birthday. And when the weather got good, suddenly she decided that she wanted to walk to Rooster's, which is like our corner store, mm-hmm. like every day to get something. And I don't really like the amount of junk food she's been eating in the last week, but she's going to run out of money soon. And I guess <laughs> like, I'm I'm okay with it because she's doing the thing. Like she's walking, yeah. she's doing the transactions, she's learning the route, she's getting comfortable with her surroundings. It's like not very far. It feels further than it is. It's actually probably a quarter of a mile from our house. But it, it feels like it's almost like in a different area of town because it's like right by the water and stuff. So it just feels different. It's like a new environment for her. And I felt like the benefits outweighed the risks and also the junk food. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good reminder too that sometimes when you're getting down on yourself because your kid feels like super timid about something or like they just won't try it. things Sometimes it's just it just goes away. Like when they're properly motivated, they yes. often just on their own, figure it out. And you don't even have to do anything. It mm-hmm. just happens. So that's something just good, a good reminder for me. Although, you know, now like it's, it's so convenient that I'm learning that now that my youngest is a preteen. <laughs> um, Will's very busy with his social life and his job. And sometimes that means he's just not really around to do stuff. And we talked about this. It means more of it falls to Owen. He's more of a homebody. You mentioned this earlier, Sarah. He's not as busy. He's just around and it's not fair. But at the same time, When Will was 15, that was his lot in life, as it was Isaac's before him at 15. (laughs) So maybe it's not the end of the world. I do want to find ways to acknowledge it, that it feels unfair, and then compensate when it makes sense, but also Mm -hmm. just to be like, dude, sometimes this is how it is. And in a year, you'll be the one with the job, and your little sister is going to be the one doing these other things that you don't want to do right now. And like, you know, you don't have to run away. Like my kids have gotten to the, um point where that if they walk in the room and I ask them to do something they'll say I knew I shouldn't have come in here like <laughs> the implication being that uh-huh. if they didn't come in the room I would never ask them and I'm yeah. like no I would have asked you anyway it's just now it's just more convenient because you came to me so they do sometimes get a little chip on their shoulder like if they're the kid that walks in the room first they're the ones that get assigned everything and that's not how it is but I feel like maybe I need to like make them understand that's not how it's yeah. a little bit better and then Um, you know, after last summer, which was really a bummer in so many ways, I would just really like my kids to have kind of a wild, unfettered summer. And I think that means I'm leaning toward being a little more lax on chores, not if they get done or not, but just like the timeline or having them done to my specifications. If it means Mm -hmm. they leave the house and go hang out with some friends at the beach or they go to the ice cream store or they ride their bikes, whatever, like I'm really prioritizing that this year because yes. last year they lost that. And um, that's just a choice that I'm going to make, I think, this year, mm-hmm. um, which means my house will probably be a bit of a wreck this summer. But that's OK.
0: But your kids will be out in the world. And as we've discussed, that is like ripe for life skills learning in a different way. Exactly. So just a different. It all time. evens they've, out.
1: They've had plenty of in-home life skills learning yeah. over the last year. And I'd like them to to spread their wings a little bit. So,
0: yeah, I love it. Well, that's a perfect place to wrap up. I'm actually really excited for summer now. Me too. Don't forget to check the show notes for the link to uh, more about how we are hiring and growing our team. You can also go directly to themomhour.com slash hiring, um, but we've got a page built out on our site and it, the link is right in the show description wherever you are listening now. So you're going to want to get that in in the next week or so. Um, if you're listening to this the day it drops um, again, that's themomhour.com slash hiring.
1: Yeah, and we've got a more than mom coming up this Sunday, which is actually gonna be really fun. It's us talking about like our best and worst. Um, best looks, worst looks, best taste in music, worst. I think this is gonna be a really a fun conversation. So definitely tune in for that. All right, we'll talk to you soon, everybody. The mom hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, -K E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
0: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
1: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if mom or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at Meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.